Hello guys and welcome back to That Aim Love the Podcast. This is episode number two. I'm so glad to be here. I'm so glad that you're here. Um, it has been two weeks since I put out my first official episode and <clears throat> I guess I didn't realize the amount of anxiety that I would have after posting that and what I what I had been trying to do with my intro and my first episode was record it and then just listen to it back one time and then just publish it because if I let myself overthink it or overanalyze it or pick it and pick into it then I will not do this <laughs> that is the reason and a lot of the reason that it that or the thing that has held me back in doing this podcast is that I just will overthink so I'm trying not to do that but it got the best of me this last week I think that this happened to me three years ago and it took about two years for me to start talking about it. And then here I am now posting it on a platform where potentially anybody could hear it. And as empowering and as cool as that sounds, there is an element of like, man, this is scary and this is tough. And, um, I guess I let myself think too long basically. (laughs) So that being said, um, this morning I realized that I had gotten two reviews on my podcast and one from a dear friend of mine, one of my longest friends. And then, but also we have lost contact over, over just, you know, her getting married in life and then my life and all the things. So we just, we've always remained friends on social media. If she called me at any time, I would still be there for her. It's just, we've lost that because we've been busy. So that was very nice. The other one, I don't know who it is, but I know that they know me. Um, the amount of kind words and I'm, and those reviews are so amazing, but I also have gotten a lot of like text messages and I ran into somebody last week that was like, Oh my God, I just finished listening to it. Like I, you're doing so good. Like that is so helpful. It's so helpful. Sometimes I can be one of those people that if I get a lot of compliments, I can start to get uncomfortable. And I mean, I still, I still am like that, but there is a lot to be said on just listening to you guys say like, wow, this is great. So Thank you so much. Um, the the other thing I want to touch on was I really just want this to feel like you're sitting down and talking with me and I'm just talking to a friend or whatever. So I am aware that these episodes are not perfect and I'm aware that I maybe do a little too much babbling or, you know, whatever. But it is intentional that I'm not cutting it out because I really just want you guys to know if you don't know me, to know who I am and to just feel like we're just talking. So there's that. Uh, Anyways, let's get into it. So the like topic that I want to discuss in this episode is education on domestic violence. Um, Obviously, we can all go Google these terms and stuff. I'm not, I'm not, I do, I do have definitions to, to talk about today, but I think that Googling it is obviously really easy, um, but I don't think it's something that we we really do. Like, I'd never done it before before this project, and I did. I, I Googled a few terms, and there was some definitions that I felt like, yeah, that was great, and then there was some that I kind of dug through to get to a different definition that I thought was better than, you know, the original one. Um, the other thing is I don't think that people understand that there's 
seven, at least seven categories that I found of domestic violence. It's not just physical. Um, that's important to talk about. Um, there's also, I just think that there's not enough education on all of these things, especially for like young kids. When I say young, I mean like adolescent, you know, puberty, high school, that type of era. I mean, puberty is a raw, a broad term because I know that that starts a little earlier, but I don't know, somewhere between like eighth, ninth grade into high school. I mean, I feel like I genuinely feel like if people were more educated on things and the warning signs and what could happen, that there would be far less domestic violence things. I think that if you could see things and listen to your gut and maybe whether it's me, some episode that you heard of me, or whether it's somebody else that you've heard talk about things, you can go, oh, this is not right. And you can remove yourself from these situations and these relationships. That's my goal. That is just my ultimate goal. I want people to know the warning signs and know how to get out before they're too far into it. So, and if you know, and if you're educated, like now I know, and I see the signs, um, it's, it's almost empowering, you know, like I wish I would have known more back then than I know now, but anyways, that being said, I feel like the first thing that I looked into was just domestic violence. Like what's the definition of that? Because I could tell you what I think it is, but it's not what it, what I found on the internet. So what I found on the internet says sexual, emotional, financial, psychological, technological, actions or threats, patterns or behavior that influence another person slash intimate partner. First, I was like, technological. And I didn't look into that. So I'm just telling you what I think that they're saying. Um, and maybe, maybe I'm incorrect, but what I take from that is like cell phone, like technology. So like cell phone stuff, um, either not letting you access any of that or maybe doing things that they shouldn't be doing on their phone. Um, I thought that was interesting. The other thing was, I just talked to somebody the other day that somebody that they love was in a relationship that she felt was abusive, but the person that was in it did not feel like it was abusive because they didn't know that financial abuse is abuse. So if you're a stay-at-home mom and or dad or whatever, and the other person is working and they're the one that's making all the money and they're paying the bills and all the things, right? Um, your job is just as important. Like you're staying home, raising children, you're cleaning the house, you're doing all of these things. They say that being a stay-at-home mom is like having two or three full-time jobs or something like that. And that person was having to ask or borrow money from family members for just like gas in their car. That is abusive. (laughs) I will tell you, it's not funny, but it's abusive. Like you should not be having to, and this person from what I understood made like a few grand a week. Like there's not a lot of reasons why you shouldn't be able to get gas money. There's not any reason why you shouldn't be able to go buy food. There's, you know, go get lunch for yourself. Like you deserve that. So, um, the seven categories of domestic violence, 
types or physical, obviously, sexual, emotional, financial, institutional, neglect, and exploitation. That's important. I don't think I would have even thought about exploitation or institutional. Um, Another thing that I saw that I thought was important to touch on was abuse is always progressive. Um, I wish I had known that because the first kind of little warning things to me were like, oh my God. And then I just was like, oh, well, if I don't make him mad, then, you know, it's fine. Like it'll get better. And it didn't. And really only what happened was each time it got worse and worse and worse until I quite literally almost lost my life. Like it, it can be years in between. You could have a little spat and then there's a couple of years and then all of a sudden you're just like, how did we get here? It will always get worse. So a couple of the terms that I feel like are talked about with domestic violence are gaslighting, trauma bond, narcissist, love bombing. I think that's all I have right now. So gaslighting, a form of psychological manipulation in which the abuser attempts to sow self-doubt and confusion in their victim's mind. They seek to gain power and control over the person by disturbing reality and forcing them to question their own judgment and intuition. Wow. (laughs) Honestly, like I said, there are some definitions that I looked up that I was like, that isn't, that's not what I thought. That, and it is so freaking true. It's crazy. Like, I'll just give you an example of when I was with my ex and he started having problems with like pills and drinking and was like hiding it. Like I knew, I saw the white powder on the razor blade. I saw the tiny bottles like of alcohol that were hidden all over my house. And sometimes in like the, I got what it's called actually the little, like if you're parked against the curb, like that little area, I want to, I want to call it a gutter, but that's probably not it. But I was seeing all of these things with my eyes and I was confronting him about it. And he was like, you're crazy. Like, that's not mine. Like, I don't know what you're talking about. Like, oh my God, like what happened to you? Like, and to the point of saying these things so many times where I literally was like holding the alcohol bottles in my hand that were in my own house and I'm not a drinker. Like, this is not like what? Like, I mean, I'm telling you, I'm pretty sure I was like, maybe these have been here the whole time we've lived here. Like, manipulating so far in your mind that you just don't even believe anything is real. It's, it's really scary. So the other one is a narcissist. I know that we've all heard this term and I sometimes think that it's overused or used for things that are not accurate, but the definition of that is a person who has an excessive interest in or admiration for themselves. That was one of the definitions where I was like, you know, yeah, that's true. But I don't think it's that black and white. I think that it's so manipulated and molded and changed into something different now. And and it's so hard to see Um, because I don't feel like it's an upfront. To me, that definition 
seems like they're upfront about that. Like, oh, I love, you know, I'm so great and you're so lucky. Like, no, that's not how it is. Um, it's very hidden and it's not as upfront as that. And I wish that I could give a little bit more of like an example, but I can't think of one right now. But yes, that definition is true, but I would, I would elaborate a lot more on that. So the other one is trauma bond, which I think is such a huge one in relationships. And I think it also falls into the cycle of abuse, you know, where it's like, everything's great. Everything's great. You're on this like honeymoon and then there's some doubt and whatever. And then there's some fighting and then there, it goes so, 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 so bad. And then it goes back to, you're kind of building up to that honeymoon and it's just a, a thing around and around. Something that my therapist said to me that I think is really important is, um, sometimes you get so used to being into that, that cycle that the really high highs and the really low lows and back and forth and around, um, that when you are in a position where you are in a healthy relationship and, and it's like, you're just kind of coasting on this one thing, you know, there's no fighting, there's no, um, breaking up and, you know, maybe potentially physical abuse or, or not or whatever. And it's just, you're just constantly living in a state of extreme that some people reject the healthy relationships when they get into it, that they don't understand that could just be so calm and normal. It feels weird. I will say that my boyfriend now is such a, I mean, obviously everyone has their own, um, ups and downs. I'm not saying that we're, we are perfect by any means, but he has such just like a, a calm, calm soul 90% of the time. Um, that you can't really shake him a lot of times. And also he's very much just who he is, you know? So going into this relationship, I, I felt like even sometimes still, if I'm being really honest with you, I'm still like waiting for my foot to drop or my shoe to drop, you know, like I'm waiting for something bad to happen. And he reminds me about that all the time. He's like, you're always thinking and just, he's like, it's like, you're trying to predict it to happen so that if it happens, you're not surprised or whatever. And that is unhealthy. And that's what I'm saying is as much as I come on here and talk about my experiences and I, and I do want to educate everybody and I do want everybody to know, like I'm still very much healing. I'm still very much not perfect. Um, and it's interesting to be with somebody who intellectually I feel like is mature. Um, and there's things he points out that I'm like, man, no, I'm not, but actually I am. So, um, a trauma bond is really dangerous thing to get into because it is just, you don't know how to just be still, you know, like you only know highs and lows. So that's scary. Um, love bombing was, I think the other one I want to talk about, which this is what I felt like happened to me in the beginning of my relationship with my ex. Um, so love bombing is a type of emotional abuse where somebody uses grand gestures to manipulate a person. A love bomber may bomb you with gifts, compliments, affection, etc. But these actions are not done out of kindness. Instead, love bombing is used to make a friend, partner, or a loved one dependent on them so that they can control their relationship. When I tell you that that is 100% what happened to me and I was in such a vulnerable position where I had never been in a 
you know, super great relationship. I didn't have a lot of a relationship experience. And I was with somebody who was just like, oh my God, you're so great. Like, I can't imagine not being with you. Like, you're beautiful. You're this, you're that. And giving you all these compliments, it like builds you up. You know, you're like, man, that's great. And that's how they get you. They get you and they get you in. So <clears throat> there, that's a scary one too. So to touch back on the trauma bond thing, um, I was looking up, I just watched a bunch of videos and looked up a bunch of stuff on, you know, signs. And I just tried to do some research before I did this episode, even though this episode kind of is all over the place. Uh, one, a couple things I came across were five signs of a woman who's been abused. So number one is always expecting the worst, which is kind of what I just said, um, that I do, uh, always thinking they upset you and constantly apologizing. I do that. Flinches with sudden movement and loud noises scare her. Yes. Always over explaining herself and requiring a lot of reassurance and patience. I 100% can attest to that. I feel like I'm the same way. I'm constantly like, are we good? Are we good? Are we good? It's like I'm hypersensitive to any sort of change in a relationship or change in like a mood or any, any of that. Um, six signs of an abusive man I found on, um, actually it's only five signs of an abusive man. And I found this on TikTok and it was from a man, which I thought was really interesting. So permanent clinger, 100%, again, back to the love bombing, just like need you, want you, got to have you. Number two, someone who is an addict, which in my, in my case, and in a lot of cases that people that I know, I feel like they're an addict of some sort, whatever that looks like, uh, emotionally unstable and unpredictable. One million percent. Number four, hot tempered. Yeah, I would say that that's very correct. And number five, they're always a victim and they always have excuses. One million percent. I don't remember if I touched on this in my first episode, but something that always sticks out to me about my ex was that he was just loud. He would just yell and was just angry about anything. And I would always be like, can you stop like yelling? Like, like we would just be having a normal conversation and he would get loud and I'd be like, Hey, can you like not? And he, he was like, I'm not, I'm not angry. I'm not an angry person. I don't need anger management. He was like, I'm just passionate. I'm just really passionate about this. And that sticks out to me so much because I'm like, that's just you sugarcoating a bad behavior that you have and trying to disguise it as something completely different. Um, there was another word that he just recently used that I was like, man, that is not the correct word. But again, it, it's just, this is just the game. They see you, they want you, they swoon you, they love bomb you, they get you under their freaking thumb, and then... You know, whether it's different for every relationship, sometimes it's a few weeks, sometimes it's a few years into that relationship before you know it, you're like dependent on them again and you don't feel like you can leave. And it's just, it's very scary, honestly. So 
I don't know. I think that's about all that I have to touch on today. Um, hope that was helpful. Hope it doesn't, I hope it wasn't too jumbled and all over the place. Um, so yeah, that's it for today. I think, um, thanks for listening to my attempt at trying to, I don't know, highlight certain types of abuse and what that might look like when you're not fully understanding all of it, or you've never been through it, or you don't know somebody, or or maybe you have been through it and you don't know how to put your finger on it. And that's my hope for this episode is that it shows you a little bit of that manipulation aspect of everything because that is what they play into and that is what they work off of. So, okay, 20, almost 21 minutes. <laughs> Thanks you guys so much again for being here. Thanks for the support. Keep listening. Keep telling me what you think. Um, even if it's constructive, I totally have all the open ears right now. This is all so new to me, so I'm just doing the best I can, but it's fun. I like it. So, all right, guys, thank you so much. Have a good day.